0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the pre. Roll, I got you, good morning, wake up, I caught ya. My name is Rachel, and I am so excited to be chatting with you today. I am also so excited, this is gonna be really good. So
1: to introduce myself, my name is Michaela. I serve with our watch parties here in Waterloo at Slate Church. Um, And today, you know, we're just gonna be going through some new stuff. Two weeks ago, we had the sports pastors, that was great. A week ago, we had the love pastors, you know. But Rachel and I are not qualified at all for any of those no. positions or, yeah. And no, we're just kind of surprised they're letting us interact like on camera together a bit. Thank so, you for this opportunity uh, to, uh, we're to gonna bring the some, fans. Yeah, yeah, we're going to bring something a little bit different today. We're bringing you Michaela and
0: Rachel's Declassified Online Chat Survival Guide. So, Rachel, kick us off, guys. I don't, I don't think you're ready for what we're about to go into. But we're going to start super easy and that is with... The invite function. Now, it has never been easier to invite someone to church. I mean, all you need is a phone or a computer or email. I think we still do that. Um, and you're gonna see a button pop up in the chat and it's gonna say invite someone. And all you gotta do is click that button and it'll take you to a link where you can send it to your friends. You can send it to whoever you want. I would send it to Michaela, but apparently her pants don't have pockets. So we're gonna Sorry, just- Sorry,
1: Lulu doesn't do that. We'll,
0: we'll table that one for now. Um, but it's never been easier. You can tag that onto a TikTok, send it to whoever you want and invite them to church. It has never been easier than now. And then we're gonna slide right into this idea of chatting in the chat. Uh, you gotta start off with the name. I know, what is my name? Um, you could be Mike Todd for the day, you could be Beyonce, or you could be Rachel. I mean, that works, we would love to know your real name. Let us not know who the real Rachel is on
2: Sunday. the real Rachel
0: please stand up?
2: Ooh! Ooh. Ooh. Sorry, that was
0: really bad. But it has never been easier to say hello and get started in the chat.
1: Yeah, I think a really great function in our chat is being able to actually... One more thing that we got is our connect card. Oh, we didn't talk about that, but we're going to. Slide right on there. (laughs) Uh, So with our connect cards, they're really great. You can do these online. You can put in your information. uh, Give us your information so we can reach out and connect with you guys. We would love to get to know Mm -hmm. who you are beyond the screen. And we're just really excited to just start this friendship, start
0: getting to know you guys yeah. and just get you plugged in at Slate Church, uh, whatever that looks like. So. And connecting doesn't just end with a connect card. We also have this awesome prayer function. So if you're going mm-hmm. through anything, whether that be a rough week, a rough morning, or just anything, we would love to pray with you. We actually have a team of host members ready to pray with, you, pray with you live on scene, online though, because you know, from a distance. And we're here to chat with you and walk with you through whatever season of life and just be there for you through our incredible live prayer function. We also have this cool heart thingy it's not Instagram I know weird but you can press that heart button when something is going off in the chat or in the video or in the stream or whatever just to show that you know you're enjoying the message and everything in between
1: yeah that's really good we also have you know this is maybe for more uh, we'll call them experienced in life people at Slate Church uh, we like to use emojis now emojis okay. are up and coming so we're gonna teach how to use them so yeah. you know if you're watching and you see this fire emoji what does that mean Rachel I don't know
0: well you know, guys, uh, you know when like a message is just, it's its reading your mail. It's like, that's your laundry right there, but it is just, it hits on a different level. You, you gotta throw the fire emoji in there. This message is fire. The message of Pastor Emma's about to bring is fire. Drop One the fire emoji, That's it. You got Drop it. Drop the emoji, 100%. Ooh,
1: the eyes, a personal favorite. This is like, I see you, Pastor. I see you. I see what you're I putting see what down you're doing here. This is really good. This is speaking of me. What else yeah. do we got?
0: Goat, honestly, a personal favor, Rachel's. Um, Kobe is not the only goat, may he rest in peace. But, you know, when something is just going hard in the paint, but in the stream, it's the goat, greatest of all time, you know? Translate that down to the easy language, but you have to always show who is the goat in the chat and just, you know, throw that in there. You see something good? Throw a goat. Put it in 12 there. 12 out of 10. Ooh, and we got our little salsa lady. So, you know,
1: worship, Unmatched at Slate Church. So after those worship sets, we want to know that you are up and dancing and just leaning in. So put on some dancing emojis, show off your dance moves
0: that way. Unfortunately, we can't see them in person right now, but one day. All right, now we're gonna spice it up. We got a little bit of a test time. So a bunch of emojis are gonna pop up on the screen like here, and we want you guys to go in the chat and tell us What do they mean? So we got this one. We'll give you five seconds. Whoever has the best one, go. Let's check it out. That's so wrong. It's not even funny. This one was easy, too. That's not even close. What what is it?
1: Chef's kiss. Classic. It's so good. But you know what? These are so good, and there's lots more. I wish we had time to go through all of them, but actually, we're going to get ready and start to lean into our worship set. So wherever you find yourself today, stand up, lean in, and let's worship God together. Yeah,
2: let's
0: go.
3: Hello, church. We are going to start our service today with the time of worship. So wherever you are, why don't you stand? Why don't we uh, go ahead and do that? We're going to sing Here's to the One.
2: goodness still your freedom
3: So wherever you are, why don't we continue to press into the presence of God as we sing. seem out of our control, we can rest in you and we can trust in you, God, and we can bring to you the things in our life that we need you to move in and the things that you've already moved in. So we thank you for that, God. Hey, listen, church, we take time out of all of our services to read out some of the praise reports that have come in over the past week and some of the prayer requests that have come in over the past week. But we're going to start with praise here and look back on what God has already done in some situations. And so this week, someone's thankful for a job opportunity that they wanted after multiple interviews. How incredible is that, that somebody has landed a job after many interviews. Someone else is thankful for Slate Kids and the fun activities that are prepared week in and week out. Come on, can we give it up for Slate Kids and all the work that goes into prepping for families? That's right. Listen, I'm reading these right off of the the prayer requests that have come in this past week. One here says we're praying for discipline and motivation as someone completes their schoolwork. Come on, who could use some more discipline and motivation in their life? I know I definitely could. Listen, we're also praying for this week for someone's neighbor who has been diagnosed with cancer. And these are just two off of many on this list here that I'm looking at. And we're going to pray over each one of these, and we're going to pray over the needs that are represented, not just here, but actually on up the other side of each of these screens. And so today, if you have faith and you want to believe alongside as we pray, why don't you reach a hand forward to the screen as a symbol to say, hey, I'm going to stand alongside these. And if you've got a need in your own life that maybe wasn't read right off there, that maybe nobody even knows about, but you want prayer for today, why don't you reach your other hand out? We're going to pray over that today as well. Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for the opportunity to come to you with the things that we need, God. And we thank you that you listen, God. You are worthy of our praise, you're worthy of our adoration, and it blows my mind that you would pay attention to the things that are going on in our life, God. And so today we just ask that you would move in these situations, that there would be a fresh revelation of you in these situations, God, that you would turn sickness into health, God, that you would turn need into provision, God, and all the other uh, areas in the situation. On each side of the, other, the screens that are watching you today, God, I don't know what they are, but you know what they are. And I thank you that you care about each of those. Situations God and that you're gonna move in those situations, so we release them to you with expectation of what you're gonna do. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray.
4: Let my
5: Hi, church. It's Brandon here. I'm one of the lead pastors. And uh, I just want to pick up on the conversation around prayer really quick. You know, every single Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. over a Zoom call, we actually have prayer morning as a church and uh it's actually one of the most significant things that happens in our church and we want to welcome you to be a part of that if you have been attending that great keep showing up uh for those of you that maybe you attended every once in a while why don't you make it a regular part of your week and for those of you that haven't checked it out at all the way that you can do that is going to slatechurch.com slash prayer and there's a zoom link that you can find again 6:30. you don't even have to turn on your mic you don't have to turn on your video camera certainly not your video camera if you don't feel what you want to and uh the, the, the most important thing that we can do as a church during these times is pray and pray together. The truth is, is that it's at a really bad time for a lot of people, not because there's work or anything like that, but sometimes it cuts in in our sleep. But that's exactly the point of having a prayer morning as early, early as we have it, because it actually costs us something in order to lean into the presence of God together as a church. And so for everybody showing up to that, thank you for doing that. This is how we're building church on the foundation of prayer. Now, I wanna encourage you in our giving today. And every week at Slate Church, we do a giving talk. And for some of us, this is the time where some of us, we actually tune in. We've heard it so many times that we just go, you know, it's not for me anymore. Or maybe you haven't actually tested God in your giving. You know that there's only one place in all of scripture where God tells us to test him, and it's actually in our giving back to him. And this is because a lot of us ask, what does the Bible teach us about giving? And a better question would be, well, what does the Bible not teach us about giving? You see, every time that God has done something for somebody in the Bible, what they do is they turn back and they first give back to him. Whether he's brought them into the Promised Land at different parts in the Bible, as they're getting into uh, ready to um, at one part of the Bible, they're getting ready to go into the the Promised Land as they cross over the Jordan. Joshua's first response is to give back to God to build an altar to begin to sacrifice to God. Abraham's response to getting a call of God was to turn back and give back to God. Abraham's uh, response to winning a battle was to give money back to God. The thing is, is that out of the overflow of what God's doing in our life, we will give back to God. So my question to you today is where is your heart today? It's not a question of whether or not you should give, it's a question of whether, whether or not or 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 when you're gonna give, rather. You see, in Matthew 6, 31, it says, Where our heart where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. I want to encourage you today, if you haven't been giving to God, it's it's really hard to make sure that all of our heart is with Him. That's the truth. The church, Slate Church doesn't need your money. The truth is, is that God wants your heart. And I'm not saying this out of any other, you know, slimy way to try to get your money. That's not what we do here at Slate Church. I myself have had this practice in my life ever since I was a young boy, and I have never been in want. So I encourage you today during our giving talk, during this giving moment, rather, as you see the different ways to give on the screen beside me, and also popping up on the screen probably right now, would you just consider right now, pray to God. Say, God, I'm gonna try this out. And I'm going to give back to you. For those of you that have been giving all throughout your your, your time at Slate Church, we want to thank you because we're able to do really great stuff, even what you're participating in today because of your generosity. So I'm going to pray over everybody that's giving right now. Jesus, I thank you for who you are. And I thank you that everything that we have is yours to begin with. God, as we... Um, get ready to give back to you and of what you've given us. God, we pray that even in the act of putting our treasure with you, that we would even just sense a bit more of our lives being trusted in your hands. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Well, I want to let you know about a couple of things coming up at Slate Church. Number one, uh, make sure that you find yourself in a connect group. We talk about this a lot. It's one hour every other week. And right now, a lot of us we're getting Zoom fatigue, and I get that, and our, our connect groups right now are over Zoom. But the truth is, is that the cost of Zoom is worth the relationships that you're building one day we will be able to congregate together again. And it'd be really good to be able to come back and actually know some of the people that we're going to church with, wouldn't it? So those of you that aren't involved in a connect group, and those of you that are, you can just jump in, uh, maybe even pop in the chat and let people know what your favorite part of connect groups are. But make sure you join a connect group because we would love to get to know you more. And this is one of the ways that you make sure that you are pastored here at Slate Church. So make sure you do that. Make sure you're following us on our social media accounts. So we've got two different social media accounts, uh, uh, social media handles across all of our accounts, and it's at Slate Church and at Slate Church Online. Make sure you follow both, especially if you're outside of the Waterloo region, make sure you're following Slate Church Online, so that as we begin to pick up back in person, uh, you're still following all of our online campus uh, news and all the rest. Speaking of going back in person, We've got some really exciting news for you today. On February 28th, we are gonna be starting back up our watch parties. Now, if you're not sure what a watch party is, it's a time where we get to come together and we view online campus all together. Now, this might just seem, well, if that's all I'm gonna do, I might as well stay at home. And if that's what you wanna do for now, By all means, stay at home. It's the same experience from that respect. But coming together and corporately worshiping God is pretty special. And so we're going to be doing that. We're going to be starting it back up on February 28th. And you're going to find all of the information again on social media. So make sure you're following us there as we uh, release more details about uh, service times. We're going to come back again with a family service. There have been so many babies born in the midst of COVID I like somebody better start a daycare. This is actually a call right now from the pastor. You need to start a daycare if you want to make a lot of money at Slate Church, okay? Because there are so many babies, family service times. Uh, We're even uh, thinking of a a few different things when it comes to watch parties. So get excited, Slate Church. Uh, We're going to be able to worship again uh, together in the same spot. It's going to be really good. Okay, Uh, I'm going to pass it over to Pastor Beth for one of these segments that everybody looks forward to as we get encouraged by other stories of God's faithfulness in their lives. So Pastor Beth, take it away.
6: Thanks, Pastor Brandon. I am so looking forward to this next segment of our service today because I have the opportunity to interview someone incredible in our church. And the person that I have sitting next to me right now is someone that serves on our host team so faithfully, whether that is in person or online. She just rolls with the punches, whatever that looks like. And she has just got an incredible story that I know you're going to really just gain a lot from today. And so at home in the studio, why don't we give a round of applause right now for the wonderful Brittany Caralsa. Brittany, thank you for being here today. Everyone is obviously very excited to hear your story. You have such an incredible story, and I've gotten to hear a little bit over the, the past couple of years that I've known you of just some of the cool things that God has done in your life. But for some of the people that don't know what that has looked like, why don't you share a little bit of your faith journey with us today?
7: Yeah, sure. So um, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to share my story and hope it kind of resonates with anybody listening. Um, but yeah, my faith journey, um, I'll start it off with I did not grow up in a Christian home. Um, I found God when I was 24. Um, so just a few a few years ago. So I came to Slate about a, just a few weeks into when Slate Launched, and I've been here ever since. So um, I just wanted to just kind of back, back, backpedal a little bit, give a little bit of my story. Um, so I grew up in a different uh, family dynamic. There was lots of struggles at home, things like that. Um, my parents divorced when I was 18. Mm-hmm. So just at the time, we were kind of like, who am I? What do I do with this life? Should I go to college? Should I, should I go to university? I have no idea. Um, so then at that point, I kind of fell into a... Uh, really downward spiral, I wasn't happy with my life, I wasn't doing, um, I'd say, a lot of holy things, I was uh, partying lots and doing university-type style things that was definitely not glorifying God and glorifying the life that I wanted to live lifelong, so I was really down and um, just didn't know who I was or where I was going, so then I found fitness a few years after that, I thought fitness definitely saved my life, Um, now I know fitness did not save my life, it helps, but... uh, (laughs) Um and then I uh, took a job personal training and I met my now husband Isaac and uh, he we started getting to know each other we're friends for a long time and he we started to date and he said do you want to come to church? Well, I I turned him down about three or four times. <laughs> <Persistent>. <laughs> yes, um he did ask every single week. He was persistent. Um he was patient and uh I finally said yes to come out and I did not know what to expect at all. Um, I'd say I went to church with my grandma a few times when I was younger, but other than that, there was no faith in my my life. I wasn't a, like turned off to it. I wasn't um, like for it. I just was just plain old me, just didn't really know what to think. Um, so I, I came to church and I came the next week, and the next week, and the next week, and um, God moved in my life in so many ways. I say, if you knew me three and a half years ago, to knowing me now is completely different. Uh, I, I'm not even the same person. I'm found. I'm found, and it's so cool to see what God's done in my life, and just the fact that... Um, when I was struggling financially uh, is when I was first came out to church, I was struggling, who am I? Where's my happiness? Where's my joy? I can't make my bills meet. I'm living on my own. I have all these things to do, um, but I don't know how to do all of this. And I just started praying and I just started coming to church. I met all, like a community of people. I jumped onto muscle team right away and served on the team for over a year. Um, I ha- drove a really, old, old car and was able to purchase a car within that year of just kind of praying for it and talking about it. When I was struggling financially and then when you're giving to something, God gave me so much more than I, I could ever imagine. His grace is bigger than anything in my past that I have. Um, there's a lot of times where, you know, I think about who I was um, in my early 20s, Um, and who I am now. And it's just like, you kind of can get down on those things and think like, oh, you know what? I wasn't a great person then this, that, but then you just feel God's grace and you feel God's love. I've never felt such joy and happiness and just God's done so much in my life that it's, it's, it's hard to even explain. Um, except for just, he's, I don't know. He's just so faithful in
6: that. Yeah. Wow. There's so much good stuff in there. I feel like there's a thousand different directions we could take this. An incredible story. But one of the things that I love that you're talking about as someone who didn't grow up in a Christian home is how you were looking, you were looking for something somewhere and for you before you met Jesus, that was fitness. And so for, for someone that's watching today, that might be maybe not in the exact same position, but is just looking for, for something somewhere to kind of fill that void or um, just kind of satisfy that desire to understand what their purpose is in life, what would your advice be to to someone in that position?
7: Um, Someone who is just kind of looking for something is don't stop looking in the wrong places, I would say. Um, I, I I feel like so long I was looking in the wrong places and just not looking for the right people in my life. I didn't have people who brought me up in life. I didn't have friends who, you know, believed in me or like, challenged me in ways that my friends do now um I didn't have uh obviously I have my husband now Isaac he's he supports me and he loves me um but it's just like those things you just have to search and never give up on them um I found when I was just kind of jumping into navigating who God was and what what does this whole this being a Christian mean to me um and kind of finding that that it was just kind of being consistent in that you could say consistency in the, in the gym and fitness, it makes your, your progress lifelong and all of that. Yeah. But, um, if you would translate that into being a Christian, it takes effort. It takes time. It takes, it takes all of this, um, just commitment to yourself and just know that you're like, you're worth it. And like, God has a place for you. And I always think, and I, I always say like, God is for everyone. So I, that's something that I always try and remind myself of when I'm kind of, when I guess I was searching for that. Yeah.
6: Yeah, and you can totally tell that you live that way. Like when you talk to you, you just have such like a, a fire and a light and a joy to you in your relationship with God. And so, thank you so much for for sharing that story today. I know for for people to hear, like I, you know, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. My story didn't look like that. That there will be someone watching this today that will say, "Hey, that's me," and I actually needed to hear what that that journey and that path looked like. So, thank you so much, Brittany, for for sharing. We love you at Slate Church. We're so happy that you're here, and we really appreciate you just being vulnerable to to share with us today. Thank you so much. Well, that was awesome, but we've got something incredible coming up next as well. And that is the message. And we have the privilege of hearing from Pastor Emma today. So why don't you just grab your notebook right now, get ready, lean in, and just uh, prepare your heart to hear the incredible thing that God is going to speak through us or speak through Pastor Emma to us at Slate Church today.
8: Well, hey, church. Glad to be with you today. Glad you decided to join in. Glad that you are ready for God's word. It's going to be great. I'm excited to bring this message to you. I'm excited to navigate this with you. So listen, if you're taking notes, you can right away write down this title. Truth over tribes, truth over tribes. And we're jumping into the book of John. This is the last of the four gospels included in scripture. Basically the story of Jesus and John chapter 18 verse 29 is where we are going to go. It says this, Pilate came out to them. He's coming out to the Jewish leaders, the Jewish people and asked, what charges are you bringing against this man? He's talking about Jesus. Jesus is on trial with Pilate, and he's saying, okay, what's going on here? What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone. They objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death. He was going to die. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, you say that I'm a King. In fact, the reason I was born and came in this world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? Retorted Pilate. with this, he went out again to the Jews gathered and said, I find no basis or charge against him, but it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release this King of the Jews? They shouted back, no, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now, Barabbas had been taking part of an uprising and and he was guilty. But they were saying, give us Barabbas. Why don't we pray today, church? Jesus, I just pray that you would speak through me. Holy Spirit, that you would just bring this word that you have for our church today in the midst of this series, Lord, and you would just bring it in a powerful way. Holy Spirit, we just invite you here into this place. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, church, we are in the middle of a series called This is Church, and we've had a couple of weeks already where we've gotten into it, where Brandon has preach some uh, just phenomenal messages where we're, we're asking ourselves some deeper questions. What does it mean for me to be a part of the church? What does it mean for me to actually engage? You know, as I was preparing for this message and this idea of truth and talking about truth, I have to admit, like I have really wrestled with this message. I have written it and rewritten it and worked it out and fallen asleep thinking about it and driven in the car contemplating it. And I just feel like there is something here where the Holy Spirit is sharing with us that we need to really, as a church, get real about the truth if we are going to be able to move forward in the things that God has for us. If we are going to be able to move forward in unity, if we're going to be able to move forward with the kingdom of God that that he has given to us, if we're going to move forward in building this church, we have to get real about the truth. You see, there was a lot happening around the context of this conversation, of this trial that Jesus is on before Pilate. You see, we're coming to the end of Jesus's life and within the context of a week, so much changed. You see, on the Sunday of this week, this was a Friday where this conversation was happening. On the Sunday, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and the people are cheering Hosanna. They are excited. They are waving palm trees around. They are freaking out that Jesus is coming in. They are so excited. They are claiming him as king. That's on Sunday. By Friday, Jesus is hanging on a cross, dying. Jesus is crucified within that course of a week. And you know what? So much can actually happen in such a short period of time. Maybe you're right now feeling like nothing has changed for me at all. Every single week looks the same. Uh, uh, This whole pandemic season, this lockdown that we had been in, life just looks the same day in and day out. But there are times in our lives where everything seems to shift and everything seems to change. Never has this happened more to me than the times that I've had a baby. One day I can be sitting there like giant stomach with a pint of ice cream sitting on top of it, uh, just downing it. And the next day there can be this like vulnerable, squirmy little thing that's in my arms crying and needing me. And it's a pretty dramatic change. That's the kind of change we're talking about here that happened in the course of a week where Jesus went from coming in to Jesus went from dying. And it's going in the midst of this, we actually see quite a bit of chaos going on. You know when things are going crazy when things are busy when things are happening when there's so much going on and as much as it might feel like we've just been at home for the past year i think we all can attest that a lot has happened politically socially mentally with our relationships with our understanding of life with how we operate with how we lead with how we live out our christian faith so much has happened week to week in that sense And when we start to experience a little bit of chaos and unrest and uncertainty, it's sometimes hard to navigate truth in the middle of all of this. We see this in the world around us. People are literally freaking out. There are things on social media. There are people taking stands. There are people disowning other people. There are people that are rioting all across the place. There's things going on. We see it coming through in the news on a daily basis. And people are taking positions and people are taking stands. And as Christians, we have to go, okay, what is the truth? We have to be able to wade through the noise of what is happening in order to get to the truth. Because sometimes it can be so easy to just find ourselves with the tribes. And hear me out when I say tribes. What does that mean? What does that even... I'm just saying a group of people. Right? Where we can get focused around things, where we can get on the side of other people. Well, I guess this is who I agree with. I guess this is what I think. I guess this is where I stand. I guess this is my position. And so therefore, that's the tribe that I'm with. And that's the place that I identify with. And I believe today, Jesus is calling us to have truth over tribes, truth over position, truth over this gathering of where we might find ourselves. You see, in scripture, in the midst of all of this happening, we have Jesus arrested, right? Jesus is arrested in the garden after he has been praying. He's arrested, he's taken. And then we have this situation where Peter, one of his closest followers, is standing around. And he is asked, hey, you're that guy, right? You're that guy that was with Jesus. You're, you're his, one of his friends. You're his close friend. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't have any clue what you're talking about. I don't, he even like curses. He's like, I don't know this Jesus that you meet. Then we have this situation where the crowds have gathered, and this is talked about in each one of the gospels, where the crowd has gathered, the Jewish people have gathered, it's the religious leaders have gathered, and they are screaming and yelling, crucify him, crucify him. We want to see him dead. We can't do it by ourselves, so we actually want to see him dead. Why don't you take care of it? And then we have Pilate. Who's now got this Jesus guy standing before him on trial and he is supposed to make a decision of what this looks like. There's a lot going on in this story. We see Pilate then gives Jesus over to the Jewish people to be crucified. and He's taunted and he's mocked and he's tormented and he is put on a cross and he dies. And three days later, after he is buried and put in the tomb, he rises again. And we see this incredible story of redemption. We see this incredible way where Jesus is then able to to right the wrong that sin had brought into our lives, that sin had brought into the world. But you see, I want to talk a little bit and unpack a little bit. What can happen when chaos ensues? What can happen when tribes form? What can happen? when we find ourselves in a position of, of seeking out truth. You see, the first thing that I wanna look at is this idea of we can become outraged. You know, the crowds that gathered, the, the Jewish people that gathered, some of them who had been welcoming Jesus in, but mainly the, the religious leaders, who became outraged that Jesus would actually come in and, be, and claim to be king of the Jews, that that was the claims made about him. They were outraged because it went against their tradition. It went against their religious beliefs. It went against the the history of the Jewish people. And they said, this can't be true. He can't be the Messiah. This can't be true. And they incited rage and outrage in the crowd. You see, the thing is, is that when we take a position, when we are seeking out truth, when we take a position of rage and we just start raging against things and we start to become so much about what we are against and so much about who we are against and so angry about what is happening, it takes us out of room for conversation. We can no longer hear. We can no longer be reasoned with. We can no longer have any sort of conversation because we are simply operating out of rage. You see, the context of the Jewish leaders at this time was was that Jesus was coming up against their tradition. And that incited fear within them. And when fear came up, so did rage. Isn't this so true of our society today? That when fear comes in, if we actually got to the root of the rage, if we actually got to the root of the, the outrage, the outcry that we see, Whether it's from social media, whether it's news outlets, maybe it's you uh, uh, complaining and talking with somebody in your life. Maybe you're just so frustrated by the state of our world right now and so frustrated with COVID and so frustrated with the political scene and so frustrated and so outraged. We've allowed actually the emotions and the feelings and the rage to be the outward expression of the fear that is inside of us. When we are not rooted and grounded in truth, in God's truth, we start to define our truth by our context. We start to define our truth by our feelings. We start to define our truth by what is happening around us. And we start to go, well, this, this makes the most sense for me. And I can't even be reasoned with or talked to you because I am just outraged. Church, we cannot just take a position of being outraged. Sometimes that feels like the expectation. Well, what are you gonna say, church? Aren't you mad about this? Doesn't this make you angry? What do you think church and I'm telling you right now the position of a church is not to be outraged our position is not to go based on our feelings as pastors as leaders as it's not based on our context shifting or the world around us changing our 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 response cannot be out of our emotions our response cannot be out of our feelings our response cannot be out of our context we see this again with Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' closest followers. If anyone should have known the truth, it was Peter. And yet his context shifts, and so does his emotions. And we see it come out as he's standing around the fire. Hey, aren't you that guy? No, that's not me. No, that's not me. We see the fear come in. And he doesn't know what to say, and he doesn't know what to do. And he denies Jesus. He denies the truth. You see, fear can make us freeze. It can make us do really weird things because we feel like we are out of control and we don't know how to respond to something and so in that we can find insecurity and we just step back and we go, okay, I just don't wanna get involved in this because I don't know what's gonna happen. When we are afraid, we go into protection mode. And that's what we see happening with Peter. If I say that I know Jesus, what's gonna to happen to me? If I take a stance on this, what's gonna go on with me? If I, if I say this is true, that I know who he is, well, what's gonna to happen to me? I could die. You know, I think that we are operating in a world where we are afraid of what we can say and what we can do and what we can't do. I know that I fall into this sometimes where I'm like, I don't know. If I post that, am I going to be taken out of context? If I say that, is someone going to be offended? If I I agree with this, is something going to get canceled? If I do this, what's going to happen? I don't know. So I need to go into protection mode and we lose the sight of truth because once again, we are looking inwardly to ourselves or outwardly to our society or backwards or forwards to our traditions or our predictions of what's going to happen. And we can get lost in the mix of it as we seek out truth. You see, I think the example in this portion of scripture that really gives us the most insight into what happens when we seek out truth in all the wrong places, when we start to become aligned with tribes instead of truth. I think the greatest example of that is with Pilate. And he really shows all of his cards when he responds to Jesus in verse 38. When Jesus had just finished saying, the reason I was born and came into into this world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And Pilate's response is, what is truth? Is that not the response that we see all across our world? What is truth? Basically, he is saying that I'm going to comply to relativism. Yeah. That is what I believe that truth is. What is truth anyways? That might be truth to you. I don't know if that's truth to me. That might be truth in your situation. I don't know if that's truth in my situation. And this stance, well, what is truth? Can actually sound pompous. Can actually sound like he is maybe above. Can actually sound degrading towards Jesus. But when we see Pilate's actions, we see that relativism actually leads to a passivity. Actually leads to a cowardice. Actually leads to a place where he's unable to make a decision because he has no firm place to plant his feet. When we start to reject what is truth, true, we actually change with our context. We actually change with where we find ourselves. We change with the political sphere. We change with the flavor of the month. We change with whatever is happening around us. You know, it's easy to go, well, you know, my truth is kind of fluid. I'm not sure exactly where I find truth. I'm not sure exactly what that looks like. That's Pilate's response here, but let's see what he does. He is supposed to be the decision maker. He is supposed to be the leader. He is supposed to be the one who has this figured out. He is supposed to be the one that, they, that makes the decision if Jesus is innocent or Jesus is guilty. And what does he do? He goes to the crowds. He goes to the people. And he says, well, you know what? I'm not totally sure. What do you think? He looks for everyone else's agreement and opinion and validation to be able to find truth because he's actually not rooted on anything at all. He says multiple times, I don't see any reason to put charge against him. I don't see him as guilty at all. I, this is how I, what I actually see. This is what I actually feel is true. But what is truth? But what is truth? How can I actually say that that's true? What is truth? I'm going to go to the crowds. I'm going to look for popular opinion here. I'm going to go to the people and see what they have to say. And you know what they respond with it with because they are also operating out of fear and context and emotion and uncertainty and just going with whatever is happening at the time these people were celebrating some of them him coming into jerusalem these were people that knew who jesus was and they are shouting crucify him and pilate's going well i'm not sure what to do here i don't know exactly what to do should i crucify should i let him go he seems to be uh that that he's actually you know not guilty i don't really understand But when we are not rooted in truth, we are swayed with the opinion of the world. We are swayed with what people have to say. And listen, church, we cannot be passive when it comes to truth. It's not okay for church to sit back and just go, I'm not going to make a decision here. I'm not going to say anything. We don't need to be outraged. We don't need to operate out of fear, but we certainly cannot be passive. That is also not the call of the church. The church is actually called to rise up and set a standard for this world. It is to rise up and actually point truth out to this world. Pilate was asked to make a decision to decide the truth. He was on trial. Pilate was asked to say, are you innocent? or Are you guilty based on the evidence I have? And he was unable to stand by the truth because he would not submit to it. You see, for us church, we have to be able to submit to the truth. We don't need to go to the crowd. We don't need to go to the world. We don't need to be in popular opinion because the world is always going to yell, crucify him. They will always be shouting, crucify him. There will always be an under because they are operating out of fear and context and uncertainty and not a solid foundation. So if we're going to go to the world for truth, we're not going to get an answer. We're not going to get justice. You see, we have to be careful here that we're just not seeking out truth from the crowds. Pilate had the truth standing in front of him. Jesus declared it. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. I came, my whole purpose was to bring the truth. Earlier in the Gospel of John, Jesus declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get to the Father except through me. No one can get to God except through me. The truth was standing in front of him. And because Pilate would not submit to it, what is truth, retorted Pilate? Because he wouldn't submit to it because truth was relative to him because there was no absolute truth in his mind. He succumbed to the crowd and succumbed to the flavor of the month and what was happening. You see when we operate out of fear and we operate out of outrage or even being passive or or not having a foundation of truth, we can start to find ourselves getting really divided. We can start to be uh, disjointed. We can start to feel like we need to die on every single hill. Oh, I got to take an opinion here and I've got to decide something here and I got to share my feeling about this here and I've got to be outraged about this over here and I've got to uh, hide my fear about this one here and maybe I'll just go and research enough and get enough news articles and bring enough in so I can feel secure in my opinion so if someone comes up against me I can feel like oh no I feel pretty good about this I've got this list of sources to show you so this is obviously true we are going to the wrong sources. We are dying on the wrong hills. We are feeling a pressure that we don't need to feel because we actually don't need to find the truth within ourselves. We need to find the truth within Christ. Jesus is the truth. We don't have to submit to our own authority. We need to submit to God's authority. We don't have to we don't have to die on every hill because Jesus already died on the right hill. We don't have to try to figure all of this out on his behalf because he is the truth you see I think it's interesting and I'm gonna wrap it up here I think it's interesting that after Pilate hands Jesus over to the religious leaders and to the the soldiers they take him away they dress him in a robe. they put a thorn crown on his head they mock him they ridicule him they spit on him they drag him they put him up on the cross and they come by and go hey you said you were the king of the Jews you know, you saved others, but you can't save yourself. You know, what is Elijah going to come down and save you? It honestly looked like the comment section on most uh, Instagram comments that I read. We can actually see the reflection here. Jesus is dying on the cross. There is a truth there that he is dying for your sin. He is dying for mine. He is dying so that he can defeat death and he can make a way to God the Father. And yet people are still ridiculing him. We can't expect that when we stand by truth, everyone's going to be like, yes, yes. That makes so much sense. I'm definitely going to submit to that. That totally seems like the right way to go. People are ridiculing him as he is on the cross. And then when he breathes his last, the centurion who was there, who was overseeing this, goes, oh, shoot. He surely was the son of God. He surely was who he said he was. He certainly spoke the truth. He was the truth. Church, we cannot sit back. We cannot come onto our feelings and our context and what we think and what our opinion is and what feels good at the time and what looks good at the time and what's the popular opinion and all these sorts of things. And then find ourselves too late in the game going, shoot, he really was the truth. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to live where time has gone by, where things have happened, where I've missed the opportunity all along the way to say Jesus is the truth. He is unchanging. He is our guide in morality. He is our guide to right living. His promises are true. They don't fail us. Everything around us is going to change. Everything shifts. People change. Crowds are fickle. Tribes come and go. They shift constantly. But church, if we are willing to plant ourselves firmly on the truth of who Jesus is, if we are willing to plant ourselves and say, I am unmoving on this, it doesn't matter if it's not popular. It doesn't matter if my context changes. It doesn't matter what's happening in my family dynamic. This is the truth of Jesus. You see, theology starts to break down. Our church starts to break down. If we start to move things and shift things with our preference if we start to move things and shift things with our feeling, if we start to move things and shift things with the context of this world that we find ourselves in, if we simply look to 2021 and say, okay, what do you say truth is? That's what I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna shift my word of God. I'm gonna shift who Jesus is. I'm gonna tone it down. I'm gonna change the scripture so it's more relative, more accessible, more all of these things. Listen, it's not our job to do that. The truth is Jesus. That is who he is. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And we get to come to him with that knowledge and understanding. Church, we have to submit to the truth of Christ. We have to submit to the truth of who Jesus is. And maybe you're listening on the other side of the screen and you're going, hey, I want that truth. I don't wanna be swayed. I don't wanna be going by my feelings. I don't wanna be going by my context anymore. I need something grounding me here. I need to submit to something outside of myself because I screw this up all the time. Listen, you are not alone. We all screw this all, all the time. All have fallen short of the glory of God, but yet Jesus still came for you. His grace is enough. That means that he has come. He died on a cross. He rose again so that you can be in relationship with him. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, who you've been with, what you think of yourself, what other people think of you. It doesn't matter what you see your identity as. Christ has truth for you that he loves you and that He has a purpose and a plan for you. And listen, in Scripture it says, if we just believe in our hearts and we say it out loud that Jesus is Lord, we actually get to be saved. We get to be a part of that family. We get to actually submit to that truth. And I just wanna invite you to do that today. There's a button popping up in the chat if you're watching live, you can click that right now, just as an outward symbol of this decision. But if you're just here watching and you're going, hey, I wanna make that decision today. I really want to uh, walk through that with you really quick. And it's very simply, I wanna pray with you. We're gonna give you more information afterwards on what a next step can be, but what an honor it would be and a privilege it would be to pray for you today. Jesus, I thank you for decisions being made to follow you, to submit to your truth. And God, I thank you that you come and you welcome us with open arms and that Jesus, you would die so that we could actually be in relationship with you. God, we pray that you would forgive us of our sins, Lord that you would just forgive us in this moment and that we would be made new in you. In your name we pray, amen. You know, church, I just wanna pray really quickly as well for us as a church, that we would recognize that we are gonna stand firm on truth. This is church. It is unmoving. It uh, it, It is not impressionable. It is not based on what is happening right now in society. It's not based on fear or outrage or emotion or context, we are standing on the truth. We are building this house, Slate Church, on a rock. We are not building it on sand. It is not something that's going to fade away and pass away. We are building it firm. And listen, today, if you're going, hey, I just need to be reminded of that truth. In the mix of everything going on, I need to be reminded of that truth today. I'm just gonna pray that the Holy Spirit will remind you of the truth that is Christ's day. We don't have to say, what is truth? We can say, we know what truth is. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that we get to stand on your truth, that it's not up to us. God, we would royally screw this up. And we do royally screw this up, Lord, but your grace is so sufficient. Today we commit as a church, we are putting a stake in the ground. We are standing on the truth of who you are, Lord. We are standing on the truth of who you are, Jesus, that you would come, that you would die, that you would rise again for our sin. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to be swayed. Thank you that we don't have to be moved. Thank you that we get to actually submit to your truth. And we choose to do that again today as a church and as individuals, God. I pray that you would go with us and be with us. Remind us of this this week. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, listen, church, why don't we stand up and worship together one more time?
9: Hey, what an amazing message from Pastor Emma. Why don't we just take a moment and thank her for that incredible word. Write it in the chat or if you're watching on our on our YouTube page later on, <laughs> write a comment. Such a timely word. And hey, if you made a decision to follow Jesus and uh, that is the first time you're making the decision or maybe you're, you're remaking that decision, we would love to connect with you, with you and we would love for you to fill out one of our connect cards and you can do that. It's popping up in the chat right now, but you can also go to our website and do that because we want to come alongside you as you're walking out this journey of faith this is just the beginning uh, and we just want to be uh, just come alongside you as you're walking that out but hey we're uh, heading into our next our last segment of, of today which is the debrief and this is just an incredible time where we just take a little bit of time to unpack the message and how we can apply it to our everyday life we don't want it to just stay in this in this day in this Sunday but we actually want to take it with us into our everyday life and joining me today I have the amazing Lamberts the Lamberts that is like such a like a an adult thing to say. <laughs> the Lamberts, Nate and Emily Lambert, an incredible couple here at our church, um, pastors here at our church. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, yeah, let's let's unpack. What are some of the
10: things that stood out to you from today's message? Such a, such a timely word really yeah. it was like first of all just an incredible word from pastor emma today just absolutely amazing definitely something that i needed to hear um this week i think just some of the things that she was saying around um just that passivity or or maybe going into that protection mode when we're being overwhelmed by the chaos and the different opinions around us i definitely relate to that that's definitely my first instinct and i think really just the 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 line that pastor emma said around we don't need to die on every hill because jesus died on the, on the right hill that really spoke to me just knowing I don't have to figure out the truth on my own authority or, or in my own power but I get to rely on God's power to do that it's such a freeing feeling especially when there's so many hills to die on right now so many opinions to be had um, and that's not to be an excuse not to be informed or, or to or to um, look into the different things and different opinions out there and to hear both sides but to know um, that God has a, a truth and that we get to follow that and that it's it's clear in his word what he says what that truth is um, and that we don't have to go about figuring that that out on our own that's so good it's like
9: you're saying it's actually very freeing when we it's not up to us to to be the truth or um you know to to even necessarily uh, come up with the truth in our own strength but actually there is the truth uh, how about you Nate
11: yeah I think um you know even off of what you were saying like it's really encouraging that we have this truth but as pastor Irma was saying we have to submit to that truth uh and I think that can be really hard but I just felt really encouraged with that today and I think like for myself I have my own life experience and my own friends and my own context and we all like have our own stuff that we bring to things and we all have our own things that we want to be true in the world and things that we're like, I I wish the world worked like this, but there's a reason that uh, we're not God because we would probably get it wrong a lot of the time. And I think that no matter who you are, when you jump into the Bible, Uh, There's going to be some stuff that's going to be hard. There's going to be some stuff you have to work through. You have to actually go through a process of submitting to that truth. Um, And I think that was the big encouragement for me is like, hey, like, how can I make sure that as I am you know, seeking out this truth, I'm not just trying to twist it or shape it or pull it in a direction that works for me or fits for what I want, because I'm not the one who's all knowing and who created the world. That's God uh, and that's his job. And so I need to actually submit myself to his truth, even when it's not easy.
9: I think that's actually a key point that it's okay to wrestle with it it's okay for us like it's God's word still stands it's it can tolerate us actually wrestling with it and for us to get that revelation of the fact that it's God's truth like you're saying I'm not God yeah (laughs) and that is incredibly good (laughs) (laughs) but uh, what are some practical ways you're actually gonna be applying and and just living and reflecting on this message message throughout this week and, and beyond
11: Yeah, I think for me, um, I think just to know the truth, you have to spend time with the truth. You actually have to dive into it. And I think um, I I, kind of personally am feeling challenged to just go a little bit beyond the daily 10 minute devotional right now and trying to spend a bit more time uh just diving in and like understanding what the bible's saying and spending a bit more time in prayer and just kind of you know continuing to not get comfortable or complacent in my time with god but actually pushing deeper and deeper uh into that truth and into trying to understand uh what's being communicated to us
10: so good. How about you, Emily? Yeah, it's really good. I'd say like that's step number one, and then I think step number two is getting around the people that are going to help mm-hmm. confirm the truth. Getting around uh, good godly Christian people who are also diving into the, the word and, and learning God's truth yeah. and are able to speak those words of truth into your life. Maybe when you're wrestling with something or or are not quite sure of a decision to make or, or, or where to land on, on a certain opinion. Having those people who can speak that wisdom and, and discernment and truth yeah. into your life. Um, getting into a connect group is a great way to yeah, start you know. if you don't have those people in your life the uh, connect group is a great place to to find those people to get into community with people who are um also you know seeking god and, and and reading their bibles and and figuring out what that truth is and and really living in that truth every single day
9: it's so true That's such a good uh, first step for those that are watching today and they're just trying to figure out like how can i actually find this truth but also unpack it is to get into a connect group, which really is this is what it is. This is yeah. what happens. You unpack, you talk about it, and then you you walk out the journey together. So that's a great yeah. uh, a great advice, a great little tip. Can you say that? A great little tip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's swinglish or not, but <laughs> hey, thank you guys so much for joining me today. Uh, what a great uh, what a great Sunday we've had. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. But hey, before we close things up again, I just want to remind you about our Connect card and for you to fill that out if this is your your first time watching. If you made a decision to follow Jesus. Jesus, or if you just want to get to know us a little bit more as a church, we would love for you to fill out that Connect card. We also have something happening right after the service, service, which is called Next Steps. And it's just a a short session where you get to learn a little bit more about who we are. You get to meet some of our team and it's just a great time to connect with, with people here from Slate Church. But hey, have a great week. Have a blessed week. We will see you next Sunday. Wait, don't go. If you were thinking of attending Next Steps, Do it. It is a great chance to get connected with some people. I'll be there. People like Carrie Anne and Amanda will be there. It's just a 10 minute call and getting connected is worth it. I know that I wish I had done it way sooner than I did. So if you're thinking about it, head to Next Steps now and I'll be waiting for you there.
1: Hey Kenzie,
9: how's it going? Good, 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 good.
2: Hi, Slate Kids. Slay
11: Kids is now.
2: Look at it now!